I Suck at Dating with Dean Ungler, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode four of Help, I Suck at Dating. I'm Dean Unglert, and I have two very special guests with me in studio today. You know her from Marriage Boot Camp Reality mm-hmm. Stars, Dr. V. Hi. Hello. How, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're also joined by one of my great friends and my roommate. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably have seen his face pop up a few times. Jackson. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for coming, buddy. I'm so excited. <laughs> this moral is great. Support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, moral support. Yeah, moral support. So great. This I feel so much great. more comfortable having Jackson here. Me too. <laughs> I don't know about that, though. I, I don't know if I feel more comfortable. Oh, okay. So, Dr. V, do you mind introducing yourself a little bit, giving us a little bit of backstory on who you are? Yeah, hi. Uh, again, I'm Dr. V. My full name is Dr. Venus Nicolino, and Venus is a little strange of a name. I think my um, mother thought that I would be a stripper, but when I got the doctor <laughs> gig, she was like, okay, this is cool, and I just keep telling her, there's still time. There's th- there's still time. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Never you, know you know, you never know where one's career can go. Um, and I started on Bravo on uh, a show called L.A. Shrinks, which was so much fun, and I became their uh, resident shrink for uh, a few years, and um, then I went on to do other things, and I found myself on Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars, which mm-hmm. is great, and we're celebrating our 11th season. Nice. I've done six of, of, of those seasons, okay. and we have a spinoff, Family Boot Camp, which is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. so... It's been a wild ride. It's been yeah. fun. So can you tell me a little bit about Marriage Boot Camp? I'm not familiar with the show, so how does it work? Well, it's uh, Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars. Mm-hmm. So we have couples come on the show, and they live in a house together for uh, 14 days. Mm-hmm. And they decide at the end of the show whether they want to be together or, or, or not. Okay. So, so our goal you know, we root for the couples, but it's really about choice and your ability to make a choice. Is this the person for you? Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to fix that relationship. You know, we're that that's that's not where our stakes are. Our you know, our stakes are about is this the person you should be with? And we run the couples through a series of exercises where they're able to make choice. Mm And I'll tell you, you know, people stop me in the street. Um, you know, I've learned so much from that show. Nice. People always tell me, you know, there's a great takeaway. And I and I, I actually do think it's one of the few shows on television and in reality mm-hmm. where you do walk away with communication skills. You do walk away with a takeaway. Yeah. And that's awesome, you know. So do all these couples that you deal with, every one of them is married? Or are there boyfriend no, girlfriend they couples? No, they're they're they they could be on the verge of divorce. They don't have to be married. They could be uh, girlfriend boyfriend. They, they they just have to be in a relationship. Okay. Yeah. So from your experience, I, I figure you probably have seen it all. Do you kind of see reality stars sucking more at dating than like a normal person? <laughs> you know, I, no. Th- 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 that answer is no. I think um, unconventional people. Mm-hmm. Uh, need unconventional methods. And it's really the method in which we choose to help unconventional people. That that matters. But but in essence, the problems are all very similar. And I think that's why people love the show, because while it's wild and crazy, people are like, yeah, I, I can see myself in that person. Yeah, they can see problems they can identify with. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um... (laughs) 
So, Dr. V, what is your take? I, I think we discussed this at the top a little bit. Yeah, you want to talk about sexting, sexting. right? Sexting. Yeah, I know, I know you're okay. itching to talk about no, sexting. No, no, you're itching <laughs> to talk about sexting, which I find quite fascinating because you don't like to sex? Is I just, that what I, you're... I, I don't... Jackson, I need confirmation. Yeah, Jax, what do you think? You know, I cannot confirm. I've never sexted Jackson. So he has not sexted me. received a sex... Well, from Dean. I mean, maybe a little <laughs> okay. risque okay. photo okay. here and there, okay. but, okay. but that's just okay. like a hey, buddy, yeah. miss you. All right, hey, okay. it's the morning. <laughs> what are you doing? So that doesn't qualify as a sex for you. No. Okay, but if a woman sent, hey, buddy, miss you. I think it all depends on the circumstance, right? Like if you're in a long distance relationship, long term relationship, okay. I could see it being. Dean, okay. this is so murky. I need what a sex really is. Like I don't think I've ever sent a <laughs> pic. Okay. Can I say that? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, what are the rules here? What are the rules? Keep it clean. Keep it clean. I've never sent a D pick before. You've never sent a Dean pick. Uh, right, we get okay, it. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and I've never, like, asked. Do you want to? Not really. Okay. Okay. I just don't see what the point of it is. Okay. okay. I don't, like, I've never asked a girl to send me a picture. Okay. But that's picture. That's pictures. That's, I mean, what? Oh, that's what, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking of is pictures. I guess sexting is different. Oh, so you're thinking of like photos, like yeah. new photos. Yeah. Hmm, but I guess, so what would sexting be then? Just like talking dirty to each other? Which, oh, I still don't do that. <laughs> I like, so you still don't do that? No, I just, I don't know. I don't think that. What are you scared of? What scares you about that? I don't know if I'm. And by the way, I'm not saying you should be doing that. I'm uh-huh. just, I'm just asking questions because that's what I'm yeah. here to do. I don't know if I'm scared. I just don't think that I'm a very outwardly sexual person. But inwardly, you're a wild animal. Well, I'm no. Confused. <laughs> I just, I almost think that like we get we were brought up thinking that type of stuff is taboo. Where Where did you grow up? In Colorado. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so like, okay. I don't know. I just think that discussing that is is I don't know private matter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do Do you are you a sexual person? In, in general, or 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 no, like, I, is, is sexting an extension of how you feel about sex, or or is it something different that you have different views on? Well, what do you think? I, I'm asking you. I'm <laughs> asking the question. Don't deflect. I just I don't see what the end game of sexting is. Like, is it supposed to make me aroused? Is it supposed to just convey interest to the person that I'm sexting it to and let them know that I'm thinking about them like I, that? I think your roommate Jackson needs to come in on on this. I mean, <laughs> you. Jackson, you enjoy sexting. What do you get from it? So I have sexted before, but also I travel a lot for work. And Uh so if I were to be in a long distance relationship, it is one way that uh, my partner and I have found to uh, stay connected and keep the the heat and the passion going. So Mm -hmm. what does a typical sex Mm -hmm. look like to you? I mean, give us a. Can you pull up your phone? And I, oh yeah, yeah. I, I would, <laughs> but, uh, what does a typical sex look like? What does a typical sex? Don't be look shy. Like? I mean, this is what we're here to do. I mean, as, to keep as it PG, PG, yeah, keep PG, it PG, PG thirteen. Yeah, PG thirteen. Okay. Um, you know, it's uh, hey, I'm in bed. I'm thinking about you. Uh, I definitely wish you were here right now. So that's not sexting. <laughs> and then, no, and then, not. I think that is. And then it, you know, maybe Are escalates you, okay, from let, there. Let me just help you. Yeah. So maybe it's something like, I can't wait to taste you. I want to, I I miss you. See, that's sexting. Yeah. You know, I love to feel you on my body. That is, I've said all of this. I want you to eat (laughs) my blah, blah, blah. Can you stroke the pearl? You know, Uh uh like, okay. Okay. Okay, So the two of you are young. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm picking up here. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're young. 
you're you're maybe shy about talking about sex. Yeah, so I think kind of to Dean's point, um, we were raised in this idea that you don't really talk about sex uh, as, I guess, mm-hmm. openly and, and outwardly mm-hmm. as maybe um, some other people do. And so for me, it's always mm-hmm. been something I've been a little bit more shy about. Right. And also as a guy, I sometimes feel how do I, you know, broach this sexual topic without mm-hmm. coming across too forward mm-hmm. and being and, respectful. And, and you're bringing up such a good point, Jackson, because in our culture and in our society, we don't have a healthy narrative yeah. around sex. We just don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's either the Madonna or the whore or he's a stud or who's effing this person and who's effing that person. And there's really no real healthy narrative around what it means for two people to love each other or not mm-hmm. and be in a healthy sexual relationship. So I think the two of you it's, it's to be sitting in the middle of this is, is interesting <laughs> because you're, you're struggling with that. And I yeah. think in an American society, we struggle with that a little bit more because we're faux Puritans, really. Like we pretend to be this puritanical society. Meanwhile, you know, Dean, is a wild animal behind closed doors. I have seen him he just in a doesn't lion onesie, <laughs> and it is nice. <laughs> Rawr. So anyway, to get back, I, I didn't mean to derail into philosophical no, and, 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 and academics. So, 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 Jackson, you, so you partake in a healthy sexual. So you, th- you think it's partly like our sexual repression that we have as a society? Like, what would another culture be that has it maybe more healthy? Do you think, like Europe? I do. Uh, You know, Europeans are a little bit more open about sex, um, depending on where you are. Um, There's, you know, in in, in many ways, you know, Italy has less sexism than the United States. Um, So I I think that our culture doesn't promote to have healthy conversations. Uh And I think, Dean, some of your issues around sexting Mm -hmm. might be you're just part of a culture. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're pro-sexting. You know, pro expression. I, I, I am. I'm. I'm pro expression. Uh-huh. I think that sexing is just another way to be creative mm-hmm. and fun um, with someone that you love and who loves you back. And I, I do think, just like anything else, um, it can cause problems. Mm-hmm. It can get in the way of actual true intimacy because you know if you have the skill of sexting. But maybe in person, you're just a little too shy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here here you built yourself up to be this, you know, this amazing, uh, you know, I, I want to try to keep this G-rated, PG-rated. That's but, you why know. I, I believe in under-promising and over-delivering. Mm. So, <laughs> so uh, do you feel you do that, Dean? Do you feel you, you under-promise and over-deliver? I don't know about the over-delivery part. Okay, so, so, okay, so you don't even know if you're over-delivering. <laughs> Um, no. I mean, do you feel like I look with the D with the D picks? I I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's your that's your body. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about you know having your body be yours mm-hmm. and and just yours. So I understand that. Um, but if we're moving into words, which you are, um, you're saying that you have some other issues ar- 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 around that. And so I guess the question is, do you want to remain that way? Do you, do you like yourself for the way that you I, are? Or, or do you? I think that if sexting were like a way to improve a relationship, like I think that anything is worth exploring, right? Mm-hmm. So if if by adopting sexting as a habit, 
could improve my love life, then I think that it's something worth considering. I mean, have you ever considered that maybe it's a skill that you just don't have? That I think that sexting and putting how you feel into words Mm -hmm. is a skill. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just not one that you have. So we did the love languages test last week, and my number one love language is physical touch. And mm-hmm. so maybe I like to express myself more physically than I do verbally. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, all right, Doctor V, I'm gonna I'm gonna step aside and oh, we're moving on. Talk about our one of our fantastic sponsors, FabFitFun. I don't know if you have you Woo! seen a FabFitFun box. Uh- no, but it sounds Dr. fun, fab, and fit. <laughs> They're I amazing. Mean, all, what? Of all of the wow. above. All of the above. So what FabFitFun is, it is fab, it is fit, and it is fun. But it's a, a seasonally subscription box. They send it to you once every three months. It comes with things like summer and rose black foldover clutch, a sterling forever wishbone necklace, mm. a spun gel body wash I infused buffer in French. And I actually got this box and I brought it home. And Jackson's been using that spun Ooh, gel yeah. body wash infused Ooh, buffer. Yeah. Jackson. And he's, his skin has been silky smooth. Glowing. It's honestly, Jesus. it has been glowing lately. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, what else do you it get in that box? It does look good. I mean, it does yeah, look good. It looks I good. Appreciate yeah. that. There's some Himalayan pink salt. My other roommate is big at cooking and he cooks steak mm, all the time. I think mm-hmm. he's been using that on his steaks lately and it's fantastic. <laughs> so what you can Jeez, do. you got some great roommates. Thank you. Oh, they're the best. I mean, they never share any <laughs> of the food with me, but. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to experience this fab fit fun box for yourself. I do. All you have to do is go to fabfitfun.com. And use my code Dean at checkout, and you get ten dollars off the editor's box. And the box is forty nine ninety nine, but with my code D E A N, you can get it for thirty nine ninety nine. And each box is a guaranteed value of at least two hundred dollars. So you're wow. making out like a bandit. Wow, Doctor V, you're gonna love it. I can promise I'm you that much. Love this. Shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna go ahead and, and jump to the phones and take some user calls. I just tweeted out, "What is your stance on sexting? Do you condone it or do you dislike it?" And let's take some phone calls. So, who do I have on the phone here? Paige. All right, Paige, what do you think about sexting? Tell us about it. Um, I would say that if you're in a long-distance relationship, then it's necessary if uh-huh. you're wanting to do that. Okay. So, have you ever sent a sext before? Um, probably in, like, senior year, high school, around that age. Okay, okay. So, you've kind of grown out of it? Yeah, because I had a relationship that was, like, six hours away. Oh, so that's that's so I have Doctor V from Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars in Hi, here. Hi, Paige. So Hi, sexting kept your you? relationship alive, and you know, sort of yeah. like what Jackson was expressing earlier. Yeah, it helps yeah, with the long like, distance. We've gone like uh-huh. two weeks without seeing each other, and so uh-huh. it keeps it alive. I'd say. So, are you in a relationship now? Yes. And do you sex now? <laughs> no, we actually live in the same place now, but before we were separate. So yes. <laughs> So you wouldn't, like, sex from the living room to the bedroom? No. <laughs> what about, like, when you're at work or something? <laughs> like at work Probably or anything? Not. Okay, Okay. so let me ask you this. How long have you guys been together? Uh, a year and a half. Give us the story. Oh, well, we just met, and he sent me this little gif that said, or gif, whatever you call it, and it said, I like your face, and it just kind of went from there. Oh, oh that's sweet. pretty sweet. Chivalry, man. I it's like still your, around. I like your face <laughs> and what did you say we, back what did you say back oh nothing really I just said <laughs> nothing and we kind of texted back and forth for like two weeks and then we met and we started dating the day we met amazing. okay so tell us the sex yeah these we, people i make it a studio gritty. with people who won't tell me their sex what was the sex i don't 
don't, I don't really know. I can't really think of what we right. said specifically. Well, I mean, was it like? It's, I feel like the basic one is like, what are you wearing? You what? Nice. Do, do you find that that would be a typical male question? What are you wearing? Yes. And what did you do? And I'm usually black like, what did, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell us what you're usually <laughs> like. What, what, what did you say? I hope you said nothing. Oh. I'm wearing nothing. Oh, yeah, I said, like, nothing under my clothes. Hey, oh. All right, Paige, Paige, thank you for calling in. We're going to jump to the next caller. I love it. Thank you. All right, have wow. a good day. And, congr- and uh, good Paige luck with your relationship. Paige commando. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, Bye. Paige. All right, who do we have on the phone now? Hi, um, my name is Annalisa. 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 Yes. So, Annalisa, you're on the phone with Dr. V for Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars and Hi, my roommate, Annalisa. Jackson. Hello. What do you think about sexting? Okay, I called in because I think it's disgusting. Ooh, oh, all right. Ooh, okay. Why okay. why is it so disgusting? What do you think is disgusting about it? Um I Okay, I I just don't think that it's right, honestly. Like maybe if you're in the relation like if you're in a relationship with a person for like maybe a year, like it can slide. Okay. But anything less than that, you know, like if you just mm-hmm. met them, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, look, if you just right. meet someone, it's a little creepy, Annalisa. <laughs> like, I'm with you. Like, yeah. we're totally with you. Are you in a relationship now? Um, No. So you're not in a relationship now. So if no. you were to get, <laughs> let, let, let's just say you met someone and um, are you heterosexual? Man, woman? Um, no, I'm straight. You're straight. Okay. Um, So, so... You meet this man, he sends you, 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 you exchange phone numbers, he sends you a text. That, that's, that's sexy in nature. Let's say it's not sexting, but sexy in nature. Like, I love the way you look. Your hips are so sexy. You're such a beautiful woman. Is that well, disgusting? That's, no, see, that's different. That's just flirting. Okay, so you know, where's your line? Where's your boundary? This is what I want to know. Where's your like, boundary? Okay. If they were to send me like a pic without asking, I'd probably. It's cut so true. Like, Annalisa, so you no. can't say that word. You're on. <laughs> she can say whatever she wants. You're okay. A, a pick. So someone so sends you an unsolicited pic of his genitals. Of his, and you're like, dude, no. No, no, no. I get you. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah. All right, Annalisa, well, thank you for calling in. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you're you. the best. Bye. Best of luck with your sexting Bye. endeavors. Oh, my God. <laughs> no pics. <laughs> okay, let's do this. So, again, we're joined by Dr. V, who you probably know What's her up? from Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars on WeTV. And what she does is help reality stars, help reality stars solve their relationship problems. On television. So, yeah, I think that's what I do. <laughs> Dr. V, what mistakes do you typically see these couples making? Um, the typical mistakes that most couples make uh, problems in communication. I think one that I've been stuck on lately is, you know, people, uh, their need to be right mm. outweighs the empathy for their partner. Okay. Hmm. And I see that more and more. And I don't know if that's from the social climate that we're living in. Everyone has a stance and they want to be right. And, you know, we don't operate in vacuums. So I really do believe that some of what we're all feeling as a nation 
enters into how we feel as a people and enters into our relationships. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I how see do you, that a lot. How do you advise on that? Well, I think once you acknowledge, you, you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times couples don't even realize they're doing that to one another. Okay. And once you sort of point it out, they have a third party, mm. sort of just point that out. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I do do that. Um, so I think the, I think some of the hardest things is, is dealing with a hard ass, like a hard head. Right. Um, I'm sure you get a lot of those oh too. Oh my God. Yeah. Like all, all the time, yeah. all the time. Um, and so kind of pounding through that, you know, I, I take two, you know, I take one or both approaches. Either I feel like I have to get to that person by being really, really soft, um, and really just pouring empathy mm-hmm. and love all over it. You know, or I have to be a hard ass and a badass, and I and I have to say things that maybe are true that they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, you know, people aren't strolling through the self help section because they want to hear shitty things about themselves. Mm-hmm. They're walking in those sections because they want to hear good things about themselves. Sure, yeah. And so the question really is, what do you do with information that you don't like about yourself? Right. And I think as a culture. We need to address that and as well as, you know, self-empowerment, as well as bettering ourselves as individuals. What do you do with information you don't like about yourself? (laughs) Dr. V, do you feel like uh, reality stars, because they're constantly being bombarded by Mm -hmm. uh, all of these outside uh, voices Voices. telling them, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't like you for this, I don't like you Mm -hmm. for that. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like reality stars sometimes Mm -hmm. have a stronger wall up, Mm -hmm. maybe? You know, you're bringing up such a great question, Jackson, and I'll tell you uh, what I have seen is people, uh, reality stars who've grown up as reality stars, Mm. sometimes their sense of self is a little soft. And they come in, like, look, look, every couple comes into the house as a couple, but I really do see their individual journey. Um, And a lot of times people who have been in the public eye forever, Mm -hmm. um, their sense of self is a little soft. And I feel that it's my job to help strengthen that sense of self um, that no one can tell you who you are, who to love, how to act, how to be, that you have a boundary between you and that social atmosphere, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's so interesting being on uh, the outside and mm-hmm. looking in because you know it seems like a lot of people feel like they have the uh, the right, the ability to write whatever they want on Dean's wall because maybe he doesn't seem like a real person to mm-hmm. them, uh, mm-hmm. but yet he is a real person a real and person. he sees yeah. those things. And I have and real yeah. feelings. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be no, hard. And, for... and it's true. And look, like you know, you know. I, a lot of times it's like quit being the bullying online hole that yeah. you don't have the guts to be in your yeah. real life. And that's what I find a lot uh, on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, people looking to lash out and they're looking to be angry. And it's like, look, you woke up angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? You woke up that way. Mm-hmm. Dean didn't do that. Jackson didn't do that. I didn't do that. You woke up like that. So, so much of what we see online is a projection of just how people feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. So, so back to the show then and, and a little bit more about you. So you basically sit down with like these kind of like group therapy sessions, it sounds like, right? Um, you know, they're, they're, they're exercises mm-hmm. um, that we, and drills mm-hmm. that we run the couples through. Okay. Uh, each couple does it. Um, and a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of resistance to doing these drills because they're designed to bring up 
a, spe- a specific emotion mm-hmm. or, or they're designed to bring up conflict. Um, so they can get uh, torturous mm-hmm. for some of the couples. And I'll tell you, the, the reality stars who come in, the couples who come in, they are always shocked. So do you advocate uh, couples therapy for pretty much any relationship? No, I, I don't. You know, I think I, I think that we've become a society where, you know, we believe that therapy is good for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it actually isn't good for everyone. And, and, and I'll give you an example. Um, particularly people who have undergone uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. A lot of times... Um, you know, therapists and counselors and life coaches, they want to talk about that trauma. Well, all you're really doing is re-traumatizing that mm-hmm. person. So for certain people, observing yourself, observe yourself, isn't the thing to do, you know? I, I, I also think the way we digest mental health um, needs to change. It's, you know, currently it just feels like it's for privileged people. Um, what's that therapy? It, yeah, yeah. That it's for and it, and, it, and it isn't. And, and and what's interesting about that is that therapy began for privileged people uh-huh. by Freud for uh, bored people who had nothing to do to come on the couch mm-hmm. and sit and talk about their lives. <laughs> so so it was designed for privileged people. Right. And so how we view mental health, how we approach mental health, and our own ideas about mental health needs to really encapsulate. Um, the 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 disempowered, yeah. the disenfranchised. You know, we have to have uh, a community that is based on helping helping other people. Yeah. You know, helping uh, helping other people feel supported and loved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, therapy is an is is a, is an act of of isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're isolating yourself. Right. Yeah. You know, but I feel that our ideas about mental health needs to be community based and community oriented. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I believe that. So so earlier you mentioned that on the TV show you put these couples through drills. Yeah, yeah. What would a drill what if you were to give me a drill, what would that be? Um I would put tape over your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> For the entire 14 like days. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, is there a- <laughs> yeah, well, what can Dean do at home? Ooh, what can Dean do at home? Let what me can think about Jackson that. Jackson and I do so we can both improve our data. Yeah. That's a really good thing to think about. You know, so much of what we do is in the moment to catch an in the moment uh, process. Mm-hmm. So, 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 for example, um, we create uh, through the art department a very, very, very real death scene mm-hmm. where you get to see your partner laying in a casket or in a car crash on an ambulance mm-hmm. That's stretcher. You and we create that. And it it's real. It looks real. Like every time I do it, I'm like, I go home, I hug my husband. I'm like, <laughs> my God, this is awful. So and we create that. And so what ends up happening is the other half of the couples who we decide are not doing that come out into this emergency situation and they see their partner dead and they have to read the last thing they wrote about them, which Hmm. is usually awful. (laughs) What a experiential process of learning. Yeah. I mean, it's intense. So you and Jackson are going to go home Mm -hmm. And Dean, you're going to get into a coffin. <laughs> and Jackson, right. you're going to say mean things. Okay. <laughs> On it. 
do you to think, improve your relationship. Do you think that there are things that friends can do to have them improve their dating experiences? Like, say, is, is there something like Jackson can do to help me out as a friend to be better at dating? Okay, so here's the thing, Dean. I've 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 sat with you just for a few minutes now, uh-huh. and um. I'm wondering if you're one of those people that has difficulty taking in negative feedback. I'm I mean, wondering if you're one of those I people. I mean, I receive because, a lot of negative feedback. Because he does. At, at, on but, all things. But that doesn't mean you take it in. <clears throat> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, that doesn't mean you, you're like, oh, well, I received that feedback from someone I trust. I'm incredibly stubborn, and I think that might yes, be part of it. Yes, that's what I'm picking up. Yeah. Uh, but I, something with the glitter on the face. <laughs> Stubborn with with fairy esque. <laughs> For the record, yes, I do have a flash tat on my face. <laughs> and thank you for pointing that out, Doctor V. Now everyone knows. <laughs> so I think, um, like, do you feel that you would be open to Jackson giving you feedback? I mean, I think that he because, like, the title of your show is like, "I su- help, I suck at dating." Huh? But do you just suck at being human? You think, know what I mean? I think we all kind of do, though. Like, but, but, but in your process, like, what is it about you as a human, mm-hmm. as why you suck at dating so much? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to impress the person? Do you feel like you're, you know, maybe you don't have good enough boundaries? Do you feel like you play too many games? Like, what is it, Dean? What is it? I'm, I'm <laughs> not us, leaving Dean. here until I get answers. <laughs> um, I think I put up a lot of walls in relationships. So you have problems being vulnerable. Um, I think that I have moments of vulnerability, but I think mm-hmm. overarching, yes, I probably have difficulty mm-hmm. opening up. Mm-hmm. So you have difficulty opening up to someone else. Uh-huh. So you build up all these walls and you have, I mean, if you can't be vulnerable, you can't trust. Uh-huh. And if you can't trust, you can't love. Right. So you, so, so work on that for next week. Okay. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> we'll you're going to come you're back? Do- we'll see how you do it. We'll see how you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to call you. Oh yeah. Give me a call. Absolutely. See how the homework went. Absolutely. Yeah. See how the- we'll tell you about the reenacting. But, yeah. but, but Dean, in, in, in all seriousness, you said something very, very vulnerable. As you said, I have maybe I have trouble being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that is the first step. In essence, of, vulnerable. Of, it's, a, it's a vulnerable thing to uh-huh. do. So I would love for you to think about, you have to write it down, but think about all the things that you're afraid of. Okay. And it doesn't even have Ghosts. to be about a relationship. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be about that. Just things that scare you, and maybe things that scare you about you. Uh-huh. Look, I- I'm 45, and I still have lists of things I'm afraid of. You know what I mean? <laughs> in relationships? It, 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 in relationships with myself, because we're always growing. We're always changing. And, and, and if you're not, you're the only thing in the universe that doesn't. Yeah. Because as, you, as we all sit here now, everything is changing around us. Mm-hmm. So to constantly be on top of who you are and what you believe and how you think, you know, that that should be fun, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't yeah. feel like work. Do you believe in astrology? Like uh, oh, zodiac signs? Oh, geez. I don't think you do. <laughs> I'm gonna go I out think on we got limb. the answer right there, yeah. <laughs> so you don't think like an Aries is more compatible with like a Taurus? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like people are looking to understand themselves mm-hmm. and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for whatever helps you do that. Why are you dating someone, Dean, who's... No, I was just curious. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Because I see, I have, I have some friends who swear by that stuff, and I'm personally, I'm not a believer in it. I what, don't, what sign are you? I don't believe that the approximate location of the stars and planets at the time of your birth have any bearing on who you are as a well, person. What sign are you? I'm an Aries. I know what I am, I guess. Oh, 
and I, I can identify Sorry. with some qualities so of an Aries. Yeah, I, I only Am use I right? signs to like huff and puff when I don't like the person. So that's what I, that's the only time I ever use a sign. Oh, I'm like, what I an Aries. <laughs> Quit being a tourist. <laughs> okay, well, what are you? Do you know? Oh, what am I? Yeah. I am a Pisces. Okay, Jackson, what are you? Uh, I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn, December, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know what any of those mean. <laughs> I don't know. But all right. All right, well, we're going to call next week. You got to call me next week, mm-hmm. man. This is Dr. V for Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars. You're amazing. Thank you for coming to the office. Thanks so much for having me. And it was so nice meeting you, Jackson. Yeah, Dr. V, it was great meeting you, know, you too. Keep him out of trouble. I he will, needs it. I'll do my best. Okay. We'll send you pictures of the uh, the death scene that yeah, we casket. recreate. <laughs> There's going to be a I lot of ketchup. Wait. And I, I will can't be wait. in tears. <laughs> All, um, right. all right. Well, thank you again for coming. All and, right. And thank I, you so much. Yeah, we'll call you later on down the line and Perfect. give you an update. Alrighty, alrighty. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye, Doc. So the other day, I was hanging out and this package showed up at our house, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder what this is." It said HelloFresh on it. Uh-huh. So you remember, I came to you and I said, "Dean, what is this? What'd you tell me?" I told you <laughs> that I'm going to start cooking meals for you. I didn't believe. I didn't believe you at all. <laughs> because one of the things I think I could be a better roommate is if I just. Made you guys meals every once in a while. Yeah. And so the first meal, uh, I was really surprised. It was actually really Super good. good. What was it? It was chicken and... It was chicken and something else. And rice. Vegetables. And yeah. some vegetables. Super fresh. Super juicy. Nothing like a good piece of juicy chicken, right? Oh, it was amazing. And the portions were perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It was It was nice also because I felt like it really brought us together mm-hmm. to try something new. And then afterwards, what? They also sent you a couple other meals. A couple other meals. I've been eating all of them. I'm loving every single one of them. I definitely have a tendency to overeat. Like whenever I go to get Chinese food, I get mm-hmm. full, like 14 helpings. And so what's great about HelloFresh is they ration everything very well. So you're never overeating, but you're still not going hungry. Um, and it was pretty healthy too. Which super nice. healthy, and that's definitely something that you and I have discussed quite a bit. Our diet Our starts tomorrow. Diet starts tomorrow, <laughs> but it actually starts today, today. with HelloFresh. Yes, because it's freaking good. So if you go to HelloFresh.com and use my code Ungler30, you get thirty dollars off, and each meal is only like ten dollars. So you're gonna get thirty dollars off on top of that. You're gonna be saving a whole bunch of money. So worth it. Eating super well, and you're just gonna be all around a happier and healthier person. So go to HelloFresh.com and use Ungler30 at checkout. That's U-N-G-L-E-R-T-3-0 at checkout. Okay. So so joined by one of my closest friends, Jackson. Lived with him for over a year. We met, I think, here in Los Angeles on the flag football team. We won the championship. It was just amazing. Um, so I brought him in. It, it helps because it makes me a little bit more comfortable. He's um, obviously a very smart person, too, so I always value his insight. Um, except for when he says something stupid that I don't really <laughs> listen to it. Um, and so I thought, you know, who else, who better than, uh, than Jackson, one of my closest friends to come in and tell me what he's observed in my dating and, you know, maybe what I could be doing better. Um, so Jackson, I mean, do you want to like maybe introduce yourself real quick? Yeah. Uh, like Dean said, my name's Jackson. It's, I'm really glad you invited me on here today because it's been a wild ride watching you through, <laughs> uh, all of it from mm-hmm. knowing you before the show to then seeing you on it. And then going on to paradise and then now being back in the real world. Um, I think I'm still pretty much the same person, though. And that and that's what I think has been awesome is you have been very true to yourself mm-hmm. and, and who you are. Um, I think you've had to navigate some really interesting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the what we were at, uh, we were at an Ed Sheeran concert <laughs> and uh, we were we were down on the court and I felt like uh, maybe it was the Beatles and everybody was like, oh, Dean Ungler's here, Dean Ungler's here. <laughs> and hundreds of girls flocked and surrounded 
us, and it was it was crazy. But uh, it was an interesting experience. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But you know, I felt like you've stayed again pretty true to who you are. Uh-huh. Now, one of the things that's been interesting living with you is uh, you're somebody who I think you try to come across uh, like you aren't as in depth of a person as you actually are. How's that? So. Oftentimes, Dean, you like to laugh about things and you like to you like to smile and get your way out of, you know, having tough conversations. But one of the things that I think a lot of people don't see about you is the nice stuff that you do and the thoughtful stuff that you do, um, you know, that maybe people don't see. So a good example is, you know, I'll be gone for a work trip and you'll I'll get a text from you that's like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and those are the types of things that I think people don't see all the time. And, and that has stayed consistent from again, before the show, and then even till now. So it's been a, a fun ride. It definitely goes both ways, too, because I remember, like, I mean, you do a lot of great, friendly things for me as well, and that's great. I mean, I think that's a, the basis of any f- strong friendship. But let's talk about dating a little bit, because mm-hmm. you have kind of had the, 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 the you watched me date before the show. Um, you watched me obviously date on the show a little bit. Um, so what do you kind of see that I'm doing that you think I could improve upon? So I think Dr. V hit it right on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I experience you as somebody who is uh, not as vulnerable, mm-hmm. probably as uh, some people or as the people that you're in these relationships with would probably like. Uh-huh. Um, I don't necessarily see you expressing uh, exactly how you feel to uh-huh. people from the outside as a roommate. I yeah, mean, yeah. those walls are pretty thin. <laughs> 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 they are pretty thin. I don't hear you saying maybe as uh, I don't hear those in-depth conversations uh-huh. maybe, and I'm I'm right up against the wall. <laughs> I've heard I've heard some of your in-depth conversations. I guess I could open up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, is that something that are you? Do you feel like that's something you need to work on? I think that. Yeah, I think that all of us are a little slow and hesitant to open up to people, right? Yeah. How quickly? How quickly into talking to someone or dating someone do you begin telling them your story? Like, you know, I mean, obviously you like tell bits and pieces about yourself, like fragments mm-hmm. throughout the, the whole dating experience. But there are obviously like certain nuggets of information that maybe cause you to feel vulnerable. Right. I yeah. mean, everyone's got those. Right. Yeah. So like how how long of the relationship do you begin trusting someone to open up about that kind of stuff? For me, it takes quite a while, mm-hmm. probably, I don't know, six or seven months before I really feel like, OK, I'm going to open up with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with. Dating and friendship, I think it's a very similar thing. I mean, Dean, I don't think I really knew your full story Mm -hmm. uh, until us living together for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something where, I mean, do you feel like you know my full story? Um, I know we've discussed it quite a bit. Here's my situation, or my feeling on that, is I I think that I hold those stories with very high value. And so Mm -hmm. it's like by sharing it so, like if I were to share it so frequently with someone that I'm you know, just meeting or just talking to, it's almost like devaluing that part of my life a little. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm talking myself in circles, but it's like the more you share, like you're oversharing it and it's kind of like taking away. You think it loses value. Loses value. Yeah. Well, is it that you think that it loses value or are you afraid to be vulnerable and get close to those people? Mm, I mean, probably a little bit of both. And I'm not saying like it loses value as a story, but like my personal value of it is like a, a little mm. bit like, it's weird now because going on a TV show, obviously I talked to like everyone that watched about my story and it was something I never really discussed with anyone beforehand. So it was like going from, you know, zero people to however many people kind of being familiar with it. And yeah, I think, I think that it, it, it takes 
someone very special to be able to open up to, right? And I don't want to, I guess, open up like the deepest parts of my life to someone that I'm not 100% invested in. Do you feel, do you feel like you have a fear that if you, you know, maybe you share this story with them Mm -hmm. and then that person's going to leave? I mean, maybe that isn't part of. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think there's a little bit of fear to that. I think that it would take a pretty crappy person to leave you when you kind of like pour your heart out to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that kind of scary? I mean, I think I sometimes have that fear of, wow, I'm about to be really vulnerable, open up, share this story, Uh and then maybe it's not going to work out. Uh And then, you know, I've invested this time in this important part of me with this person. Yeah. There is a certain fear, I think, to, especially within our friend group, I think that there are a lot of very strong, like familial units, right? And so, like, opening up to someone about how my family is like dysfunctional, it kind of, I could see it being scary for someone else that has a very close family connection, right? Mm -hmm. So my last girlfriend before I went on the show, she's incredibly close with her parents um, and her brother. They're all, you know, they're a big, happy family. And I think that people often want to replicate those types of situations. And by being introduced to a situation that maybe isn't the most cohesive, it kind of gives uh, like signs of of warning or something like Mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from a, a family that has experienced divorce on my side, uh-huh. uh, that is always something that I'm hesitant to share at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, because it's scary. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a warning sign that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, do you kind of feel like you have any of those fears? Maybe not necessarily with the divorce part, but uh-huh. you know, with that feeling of... Well, and I think I mentioned this even actually during the filming of The Bachelorette, is I don't want my current family situation to be a reflection of what I want my family to be moving yeah, forward. And so maybe I like kind of sugarcoat things and don't open up because I have this idea of what I want my future to look like. And it doesn't really involve much of my past. Yeah. And I guess obviously we're all shaped and molded by the experiences and the, the um, things that we go through as children and, and obviously like as young adults. But I think that we're always trying to like better ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And, and provide a better future for ourselves. And so I'm always, maybe, I don't know, I'm thinking ahead instead of trying to look behind. Yeah. And I think we're both pretty headstrong people mm-hmm. in that we feel like, Hey, we are going to, you know, dictate how our lives are going to end up. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want, yeah. you know, again, that the past to, to have any, um, bearings on what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get yeah. that. Yeah. I agree. All right. So while you're, you know, in the podcast, uh, app downloading all your favorite podcasts, including this one, don't forget to go in and check out Scrubbing In with Becca Tilly, one of my close friends. And then there's also Almost Famous with Ben and Ashley I, two of my other favorite people from the entire franchise. They've got some juicy stuff they're talking about every single week. I, for one, am a subscriber. I love listening to them. And it's always fun to hear their take on everything. So one of my favorite things is taking emails from listeners because it's a direct line to hear kind of some of the stories that you're involved with and, and some of the problems that you're having as well. It's great to know that I'm not alone in my foibles throughout this whole relationship world that we're all trying to navigate through. So Mark, who you guys have met before, um, is going to read us a couple of the emails that we got. And by the way, it's I suck at dating yeah. at iHeartMedia.com. Yep. This is from Kita. Okay. Dear Dean, so I suck at dating, and I think it might be because I'm too ambitious. I'm 25, I have a master's degree, have had an almost three-year career, and I'm in my second career pursuit. I play sports and have lots of hobbies and goals, so I have plenty of ambition, but it seems like whenever that ambition starts peeking through, they get really distant. For example, I try to be honest about how busy my schedule is and how much ambition I have, but so many guys get turned off when they expect me to drop everything to hang out with them. 
And I say my schedule's pretty full, about a week in advance. I always offer a time the following week that would work for me, but so often the guys throw out a line like, well, if it was important, you would make time for it. Mm -hmm. Dean, these are guys I literally just (laughs) met, throwing me shade for not dropping out of school or work to hang out with them. In my opinion, it was important to them. They'd realize how precious my time is and be sensitive enough to be okay with needing to schedule a little ahead of time. Help. <laughs> well, I think that if any guy is telling you if it's important enough for to you, you should make time for it. You just stop talking to them, right? Well, you know, I wonder who these guys are that you that you're meeting. Uh-huh. Ultimately, I think you got to find somebody who matches you on the same level, yeah, and somebody who respects that ambition and somebody who is probably just as busy and yeah. so understands what it takes to to navigate that. And secondly, Kita, keep doing you because yeah. master's degree, all these sports, Dang. you're killing it, girl. Any of these guys should be lucky to be hanging out with you. I think that whenever I try to make plans with someone and they say, let's do it next week at this time, it's kind of a little off-putting because I think that we're in such a – we're. I mean, this is going to get kind of stupid for a second, but we're in a time right now where we get things so quickly. Like, we want something, we get it right away. And so mm-hmm. for you to be telling these guys who can pretty much go on and access anything they want at any time, it's like you're basically not allowing them to have what they want as quickly as they want it, which is good. I think that someone should be able to do that. I think that independence is incredibly sexy. Um, Dean, do you think that she should just drop everything for these guys whenever they say, oh, let's meet this week? No. You think she should? No? No. What do you think? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. (laughs) Kita, keep doing you. You'll find the right guy, I promise. This is from Michelle. Hi, Dean. I suck at dating. I'm the worst. I'm someone who's guarded in her feelings. Mainly whenever I like someone, they have a hard time knowing because I'm actually pretty rude to them. That being said, I also go for the bad for me guys in that they're emotionally unavailable. Mm, The guys that are right Mm -hmm. for me, I have a hard time deciding on. I don't know why I'm the worst. I'm a hopeless romantic. I used to be a Disney princess, so hey. fairy tales are my ish. Wow. Love it. All I want is to casually date a person, get to know them, and see if it can build potentially. Where do I go to meet a man and not a boy? Huh. I don't want a ghost. I want someone who communicates but is also driven in life. Okay. Thanks, Dean. Yeah. Well, so I think that Jackson has taken a cr- pretty cool approach. She's been doing a lot of interesting things. Last week, he went to... last week jackson went to it was like a taco cooking class or something and you weren't going specifically to look to like find a woman but it was a very heavily female dominated i think you made some friends there right like it's cool to be able to like go to things like that yeah so i uh i definitely was in not necessarily looking for anything or Mm -hmm. anybody but i wanted a new experience Mm -hmm. uh, here in la and so i went to this cooking class and it was all about trying new foods and there were people there who were also in this same mindset of i want to try new things Mm -hmm. and that led to finding cool people who are ambitious and who uh, are maybe not necessarily just looking to go out to the bars all the time Mm -hmm. and drink Uh, so maybe that more mature area you Mm got to look someplace new maybe yeah look someplace new I think that going to the bars with your friends is great. I think that if you're looking for guys at bars, that's probably not the best spot to be looking for them because you're going to find those types of guys that are going out every Friday, Saturday night, getting drunk and just being obnoxious, and that's probably why. And that might be where the bad-for-me guys are. bad-for-me guys, the emotionally unavailable ones because Mm -hmm. they're probably young and just want to party, Yeah, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just you got to maybe just change maybe where you're looking for them. Yeah. That's my take on it. This This one's kind of deep. Oh, boy. 
But, Dean, I think there are parts of this you can probably relate to. Hey, Dean, this is Sarah. I'm a big fan of yours from The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise, although it was painful to watch you put yourself in that situation. I don't think anyone should judge you because that isn't a normal dating scene. My problem with dating is that I have no problem getting a guy interested, but I struggle opening up to guys and therefore reach a point in the relationship where I self-sabotage. Nice. I find something about the person I don't like. I make them not like me, or I put pressure on it too fast. I know I sabotage relationships and I have trouble opening up, but I still can't fix it. My mom also passed away when I was 11, and I have a fear of losing someone again. My dad has been the worst male role model and, I, and never put me first, and I'm terrified of being with a man anything like him. Hopefully, you have some great advice for me, and you have better luck in your dating experiences as well. Sarah. You know, it's weird because this uh, email that Sarah just sent in, Dina, actually really sounds mm-hmm. kind of a lot like your experience. Yeah. So, okay, we'll get into a little bit. Uh, background story of the filming of the Bachelorette because again we it all comes back down to this I think that very first home or the very first one on one date that I had with Rachel uh, when I opened up about losing my mother it was difficult but there was a an ITM an in the moment interview that I was that we were filming before the dinner portion of the date I think and <laughs> I broke down and like I cried a lot before the dinner in the interview and I think what the producer made me realize he was like. He was saying, you're scared to get attached to someone because you don't want to lose someone that you care about again. And he made me think about, or he he put it in perspective. He said, if you could go back and change any of the memories that you have with the person that you loved, my mother, mm-hmm. would you go back and, and get rid of those memories? And the answer obviously is no, because you love her. I loved her. Um, and all of the good times, as bad as it was dealing with the loss of her, mm-hmm. The, the good memories that I had were still overshadowing and outshining the, the the ultimate loss of her, right? So I guess that could be reflected into relationships of if you can love someone wholeheartedly with the risk of losing them, and but the fact is you're you're going to create good memories from it, right? And and be in love and find someone. Yeah, you know, Dean, it was kind of interesting. Uh, we were up at the filming for uh, your hometown, mm-hmm. and I remember meeting you at the bar. Uh, before you went to your parents, mm-hmm. to your to your dad's, mm-hmm. and I remember you being pretty visibly nervous. Uh, oh yeah, about what that experience was going to be like because you from from the outside it looked like you were nervous that uh, Rachel was going to see that mm-hmm. and automatically say judge yeah say oh I don't want to be with Dean because of what his family is like. Uh-huh. And here's the thing: I would never say that my father is a poor role model, right? Like he's mm-hmm. my father. I love him. We have disagreements. We don't necessarily get along, but he's still my father, right? And I, I'm proud of the person that I am. I'm obviously still learning a lot, but I, I mean, I have him to thank for a lot of who I am, right? So even though your father is maybe a, a not the best role model, you still have to appreciate the person that you are now. And and it's kind of like the, the Ferber method, right? Like uh, love by um, separation. I don't know exactly how to say it, but like, and my father actually tried to, try to make this point to me too he's like you should be grateful about the uh the lack of love i showed you as a child because it shaped you into the person that you are now and it's i mean it sucked i got really upset when he told me that i was like are you kidding me you just Mm -hmm. told me that but like in in hindsight like it's kind of true i remember saying i always wanted to form myself into the opposite person that he is right so it's kind of like i don't know addition by subtraction well it's about how we 
see these challenges and see these negative things that happen and can you spin it into a positive mm-hmm. can you learn from mm-hmm. it? and yeah, then exactly. can you you know take maybe the negative qualities can sarah take the negative qualities about you know the people in her life and maybe turn it into okay i want to look for these positive right. qualities now right yeah so to sarah's point the self-sabotage the unwillingness to open up I mean, it's hard for me to to try and give advice on that because I'm still struggling with it so mightily. Still working through it, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I can say what I think I should be doing, and it could maybe, like, reflect onto you, Sarah. But, again, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, so. Well, how are you going to try and get better at that, dude? I think that I've started to open up to people a lot more. Yeah. Specifically in dating. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting now opening up is a little bit different because people are more aware of my story, and I don't really have to... I guess, talk about as much as I would otherwise to fill in the blanks. Do you still talk about it? I mean, yeah, every once in a while. Like, I'll, like, share stories from my childhood when I normally would never do that. Um, Like, I'm opening up bits and pieces to my past that I normally wouldn't otherwise. So to, I guess, Sarah's point, and and maybe to help her out, just, like, slowly chip away at it. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It's just a a work in progress. Maybe start with something small to share and then kind of go from there. Yeah. And it's funny too. I think we talked, we discussed it last week a little bit. That one of my reluctancies to open up is because I just don't want to bore people. And sharing like little stories of when you were ten years old. I mean, it's just kind of boring sometimes. But I think that when you're sharing it with someone that you like, if it's your girlfriend or if it's a friend, all it does is strengthen the bond between yeah, the two absolutely. of you guys, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. Well, that'll just about do it for episode four of Help. I suck at dating. I want to give one more big thank you to my roommate Jackson for being here. Hey, it was my pleasure, buddy. Dr. V, who is no longer in studio, but she was great. So next week's topic is, do you suck at dating if you only text the other person? Oh, boy. What do you think, Jack? Uh, I am a big advocate of calling. I love Uh calling people. It's definitely becoming like a lost art form. Yeah. So I like texting. I'm a a big texter, but I have been getting much better with, and whenever my phone rings, I'm always always like, I don't want to answer this. But aren't you kind of excited, though, when, like, you see a girl calling you, not just a text? Yeah, I I think, like, if it's, like, a late at night and you just want to have a conversation, like, I appreciate it. I've been FaceTiming a lot lately. Okay. So I'm getting better at the whole conversation over the phone. And I personally think that you do kind of suck at dating if you only text, right? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a lot easier to say things in a text, I think, uh-huh. than it is... Over the phone, uh-huh. when they can hear your voice and they can. Well, you do of, have a great voice, though. So that's I, part of that's why you ma- do maybe that. that's why I call people yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So next week we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Do you suck at dating if you only want to text the other person? Email your thoughts to I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com about this topic. That's I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Do you suck at dating if you only want to text the other person? Again, that'll do it for episode four of Help. I suck at dating. I'm Dean Ungler, and maybe next week I'll suck a little bit less.